0: We are LP Magazine, and since 2001, we've been the leader in providing content and education for the loss prevention and asset protection industry, and we are known as the voice and authority of the LP community. Each episode, we'll be sharing and discussing the latest in trends and current issues related to all things retail and profit protection. You're listening to the LPM Podcast. All right, excellent. Welcome, everybody, uh, and uh, good day. I'm Kevin McMenamin. I'm the uh, Chief Operating Officer for LPM, Loss Prevention Magazine, and uh, LPM Media Group. Uh, with me today is David Lund, Vice President of Loss Prevention for Dick Sporting Goods. Um, our Two Cents on Two Things podcast today is sponsored by Prime Secured. Prime is the proud sponsor of the inaugural podcast of Two Cents on Two Things, uh, Prime has enjoyed great success in the retail sector, assisting clients in providing a safe and secure environment for their employees, their visitors, their physical assets, and we're very happy to uh, have them sponsoring these, uh, these podcasts where we get a little further insight from some of our industry leaders and get more about their opinions, and, and Prime is also supporting some of the charitable, charitable donations that we do uh, on the podcast, so I'm um, kind of excited to have them as a sponsor today, so thank you Prime Communications and your Prime Secured. Uh, and welcome David. Hey Kevin, what's going hey. on? How are you man? If I was any better, I'd be two people. Yeah, I <laughs> love it. Hey, so um, so you know how this works, right? So we've got this board of topics that we're going to choose from. We've got personal, professional, and political topics. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, two of these, So, and then you're going to give me your two cents on two of these things, right? So um, starting with your first topic on the board today, we're going to talk about
1: I'd love to give you my two cents, Kevin, on work-life balance. I think work-life balance.
0: Yeah, so many All people right. struggle with it. Work-life balance on the board. Well, I think we, a lot of us struggle with it, right? It's, and and right now it's even harder. You know, for a lot of us that are at home, that are trying to uh, to manage, you know, the family and the the rest of it, and get the work done, and um, get, have kids in school and. Dogs barking at the UPS man and so forth, which you may have. I, in full disclosure, we might have that today. <laughs> so all the above, just putting it out there, right? I might, I might have a little bit of that going on today. So, <clears throat> all right. So let's talk about work-life balance and what it means. Uh, what it means to you, David? Well, you know, I,
1: I'm, I'm not the poster child of work-life balance. I never have been, and uh, you know that works with my lifestyle. Um, but uh, I was inspired uh, uh, by some engagement survey results several years ago. Um, our scores were, were generally pretty good overall, but we heard from teammates that uh, the work-life balance was not good. And uh, of course we started to study it. Uh, we started to dig into to the workload. We examined all the tasks that we were, we were doing. Uh, uh, is everything that we do necessary? Uh, can we take anything off the plate to free some time up so, so teammates can find more balance. And uh, we found a few things to change. Um, you know, we got some good feedback on the changes we made early on, but the next year's engagement survey results came out and, uh, we're good. We didn't really make up any ground. In fact, we actually got a little bit worse, and uh, so we're like, you know, perplexed. Like, what's going on here? So, you know, investigators, we dug in again, um, and we really we found three things out. Um, first, we found out over the course of the year, despite taking things off their plate, we added stuff back on all year long. So it it really was net neutral. Nothing really changed. There wasn't any give back. Um, secondly, we found out that you know what, our teammates don't have the best time management strategies all the time. And I'll tell you what, I fall into that category myself uh, a lot of times where I just get bogged down. Uh, and you can't see the forest for the trees, right? And uh, uh, many of you probably heard the, 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 ter- the, the phrase, eat the elephant, like one bite at a time, you can get through it. I need to remind myself of that a lot. But third, uh, we really found out that, that our teammates didn't feel empowered uh, to take control of their own time. They didn't feel like, uh, um, you know, they could do something maybe outside the norm. And I think that was largely uh, cultural for our company, and and I also think I own a big piece of that in the way I demonstrate how I, my work-life balance. You know, maybe uh, maybe because of the way I behave, people maybe emulate that sometimes. So, you know, reducing the work workload isn't you know, uh, meaningfully realistic a lot of times. But but we um, we can find ways to still meet the needs of the business and to meet our own personal needs.
0: Well, the the schedule too is tough, right? Because I know that you and I are, are are the same in some ways. Like you know, we'll be up at four thirty in the morning, you know, and and we're on email, right? Yep. And we're sending emails, and and at ten o'clock at night, or you know, whatever. And and it's really difficult to let the team know that you're not expecting them to work the way that you work, right? And you're not expecting them to to respond to an email at four thirty in the morning. I know you've had that same problem.
1: I absolutely have. You know, and it's funny. I got the feedback during a performance appraisal. Um, this is going back many, many years, but uh, you know, my uh, my direct report said, you know, you know, I feel compelled to respond to you when you send emails at four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. And it's very disruptive. And uh and I was like, wow, you know, didn't know that because I didn't like you, I don't have the expectation that somebody's gonna respond. Um so I tried a couple of different things. I tried, you know, making lists of things I needed to respond to, you know, during open hours. Um, I tried delayed email. I tried right. a bunch of different things. But what I found with the delayed email thing was kind of comical because then what happened at nine o'clock in the morning, you get like fifteen emails from me <laughs> instead of just getting peppered in, and uh, and that's overwhelming too, right? I, I had to get better about letting people know that I'm working on my time because that works for me. But my expectations, unless I say, gosh, this is urgent, it's on fire, I need your help now. Um, you know, on your own time, you know, and don't, you know, if, if you're if your uh, your phone dings because I send you an email, you know, at two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Sorry. I just I could not find a way to manage that other than to let people know. And again, that's goes back to this empowerment piece. It's okay. It really yeah. is.
0: Yeah, and you have to and you have to say that, right? You you need to let them know, you know, and and I mean I, I know I've had to say flat out, like, I do not expect this from you, you know, and and silence your phone at night.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to be intentional with, with that. Um, you know, and, and we did that here also when it, when it comes to work-life balance in other ways. Um, you know, besides giving people maybe some training, some coaching, some mentoring, some development around time management, which is a real game changer for a lot of the teammates that took advantage of that. Um, we also have been really intentional in empowering people uh, to take their own time. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the real unlock for most people. Um, you know, I've been really clear for years now that the company's going to interrupt your life. We're like, we're going to take your time right, when you least expect it or at least want it to happen. You know, there's going to be a robbery or a burglary you have to respond to. going to be an investigation, a district meeting. We just had an inventory cycle that lasted 10 weeks. I mean, it's the longest we've ever had. But because of COVID, we had to stretch things out. And that's just that's just life in retail, right? But- well, and a lot of you know, those things are going to happen-
0: at night and on the weekends, you know, it's not going to just happen between, you know, nine and five Monday through Friday.
1: Never ever does that happen. And we know this, right? So we've just been encouraging teammates to take time back whenever they can. So even if it's during, you know, conventional work hours, um, I've said, look, if you want to have go breakfast, go have breakfast with your partner, go do it. Um, you want to go home early so you can get to your daughter's ball game, go do it. Uh, you want to help your son with homework or walk the dog or watch TV or take a nap or read a book or do something for you, if you've got the time on a Tuesday morning, on a Wednesday afternoon, on a Thursday evening, go do it. Um, You have to take that time back for yourself. Um, I really just ask three things, you know, with that. You know, do whatever you want and work whatever hours you want, whatever days you want. Um, But you got to do three things. You got to meet the needs of the business because the business is going to call. And that's what we're here for. That's why we get paid. That's why we get the phone and all that good stuff. You've got to meet the needs of your position. So fulfill your obligations and responsibilities. Um, and just let let your supervisor know where you are. So there's just no confusion about that. So tell your supervisor, like I'm going to stay home and have oatmeal with my daughter. (laughs) Have at it. That's awesome. Good for you. So, um, I have heard people tell me, that's maybe that's kind of dangerous, right? That, uh, you know, people kind of get off the rails. It's quite different. Actually, people have been largely more successful being able to manage their time that way with their, with that kind of empowerment. There, there have been a few, uh, who maybe take advantage, but that's, you know, that's what leadership is about. That's what performance management's about. And, and usually people figure that out pretty quick.
0: Well, and it's a thing too, right? and it's a, it's about, um, not, you know, it's work-life balance. It's, it's, it's making sure that, that, that life, that family that, you know, that they can rely on you too. I mean, I know, I don't know, can we get personal on this on what you do on Thursday afternoons?
1: So, yeah, sure. I, uh, I like, I like shooting and uh, I got into a trap league. Um, And uh, I have, I have to leave the office at three o'clock so I can get home and get ready to go out for trap. And uh, I really love it. Um, I think shooting for me is very therapeutic. You can't think about anything else about the clay bird. You got to concentrate. There's good fellowship. It's fun. Um, But you know what? It's in the middle of the week on the middle of the day. And, uh, and the thing is, I just, I talked to my boss. I said, yeah, this is something I want to do for me. Um, So that's what I do every Thursday, uh, at least for the next couple of weeks, the league's going to wrap up and I'll probably be sad. I'll have to find something else to do.
0: Well, there's another thing you're doing too, right? That you're, are you meeting somebody somewhere? For something, for lunch, maybe? Well,
1: yeah. So, <laughs> so so, talk about empowerment. So what I just described is what I hoped to do to correct the ills of our engagement survey. But uh, the president of our company um, created something called One Simple Thing. And uh, that's the, her version of empowerment for all of us. And she encourages us, just from a mental health perspective, to take take time every single week to do something for you. And again, if it's, you know, you have to leave early to go to a yoga class or you want to walk the dog with friends or whatever. Um, my one simple thing has been, well, pre-COVID, it's been a little difficult now, but um, is meeting my wife for lunch. I mean, I'm, mar- I'm married 27 years and until my the president of my company said, hey, you got to go do something for yourself, <laughs> did I figure out that going to lunch with my wife would be a nice thing? So we take two hours every third. Well, it used to be every Thursday. Um, now we have lunch more often. <laughs> but uh used to we'd meet halfway uh in a in a town that's got a good number of restaurants i think i told you before we were we just running through the menu so like we a restaurant and then we just start working through the menu and it's fun. it's fun to look forward to there's no pressure to get back to work quickly because i blocked off this big amount of time and it's uh something i really look forward to during the week uh, I, I hope my wife does too um it's fun and uh it's just a way to break things up but it's funny because I would have never taken two, sometimes even three hours to go have lunch with my wife, until the president of my company said I should go do something. Like
0: that.
1: <laughs> so it's it's been it's been a life changer for us. It's awesome.
0: Well, I like your I like your three points, and I think um, hopefully you know not only for other leaders in the industry, but I hope for people who are working in the industry to to think about that perspective, and especially right now. Um, where we're all working from home and so forth, or a lot of us are, um, that there's that opportunity to make sure that you're getting up and doing something for yourself and that you're um, working a schedule that makes sense also for you, obviously communicate with your supervisor, um, but make that time to to take that balance. And, And in our industry, you have to, because as we said, you know, you just... You don't know when the phone's going to ring. You don't know when you're going to be answering an alarm call or rob- responding to a robbery or so forth. So um, I, I, I think being able to have that, that balance and that give and take, uh, I applaud you for that to be able to empower your, your team like that. And I hope a lot of other leaders um, do that with their teams as well. Well, nonetheless, people,
1: people have to own it, right? Everybody, no, never in my history, and I'm sure yours, Kevin, has anybody ever balanced my life for me. Um, you know, people have maybe tried to crunch me into a schedule, but that hasn't created any level of balance. So you, we really have to go out and, and go get it ourselves really. Uh, and it might feel weird. It's not something that we're wired to do typically. Um, but, uh, you know, the kind of work we do doesn't fit into a conventional week. So we can't be conventional about it.
0: Yep. Very good. All right. So let's move on to your second, uh, topic to give us two cents on.
1: All right. Uh, I'm going to go to the professional column and I will take uh, diversity and inclusion for 1000, Kevin.
0: All right. Excellent. Um, well, I don't know about the thousand, but <laughs> we're definitely having a conversation on diversity and inclusion. Um, and you've kind of become a student of that, haven't you? Um, I think over this, you know, especially over this past uh, year, 18 months or so, I know you've become um, um uh, I mean, I'm we're not going to go down the path of saying woke or, you know, but I, I think, you know, I know you've made some real efforts to um, to open your eyes a bit more to some of the biases around you and so forth. Right. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I tell you, it really started uh, it started several years ago um, for me. Kind of you think about the Me Too movement. Right. So I was really shocked to see the number of women that came forward from so many places. You know, uh, it was it was Hollywood. It was politics, corporate America. It was industry.
0: um, And we did that that survey in the magazine, that women in LP survey. And I was blown away um, by and and by the numbers that came forward to to respond to the survey. And some of the feedback was was eye opening.
1: It's insane. And uh, it became really obvious to me, obvious that it's a, a really prevalent problem. But I'm wondering, like, how how could it be so big and I can't see it? Um, You know, I don't hang out with people that behave that way. It's never been tolerated in places that I've worked. Um, Of course, you know, doing what we do, I've been involved in investigations, but not to the degree that would show the volume of concern that it created. Um, And I figured, you know, this has got to be happening right in front of me. And it got me really nervous, too, because I, I started to wonder, is racism the same way? Again, I don't hang out with people that behave that way. And it's not tolerated at places that I work. And when it does happen, it seems to be isolated. It's investigated. It's dealt with. Um, but it really starts to make me wonder, you know, is, that, is, is racism happening in front of me too? I shared some thoughts with coworkers and friends. And I talked about it. But really, until, until things stirred up racially this year, I, I kind of backburnered it. And uh, I kind of feel bad about having done that, that and having not dug in. Um, and I have obviously spent, like you said, a lot of time over the last year reflecting on uh, what we call here at Dick's Sporting Goods, inclusion and diversity. And I have become a real student of the space, challenging my own beliefs. But even before George Floyd's death in May, in mid-2019, mid I was blessed to have been included um, on our Inclusion and Diversity Leaders Council. And that, that really had me diving into a lot of related topics and activities for the company, I've done a lot of reading, watched a lot of YouTube videos. I've had a lot of conversations with people. Um, You know, I would tell you that some of of my friends and even my kids think I probably take this too far. Um, All the books I'm reading, all the podcasts I'm listening to, the YouTube I'm watching, I'm sending everybody links, you know, you got to see this, you got to watch this. Um, There are things that have made a real impression on me. um, But uh, you mentioned woke, you know, my kids have told me that I'm woke. Um, which I think is funny because politically, if you listen to the media, uh, the way I lean generally, I'm, I'm not supposed to be capable of that. Like, that's not something that I could be. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, but the way I'm talking and behaving and thinking, a lot of people are like, all right, well, maybe you get it. Um, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the label. Um, I really don't. Uh, but uh, I do know that I'm learning a lot more about myself. Um, I'm actually feeling as I dig into this stuff. Um, that I'm growing as a human being, which is a lot different than learning, right? Um, but most importantly, I see, um, I see insensitivities occurring around me that haven't registered before. And maybe that's the, the awakening. Maybe that's the woke part of it is, is um, it's, you know, I find, uh, I find myself even telling my parents, hey, hey, you can't say stuff like that. Like, you can't say that. Yeah. Five years ago, I might not have even recognized that they were saying something that was insensitive.
0: Um, or you just overlooked it, right? Which has been part of the problem all along is that we we tend to overlook it. We tend to look past it. We'll tend to pretend that somebody didn't say, just say that.
1: Right. Yeah. Did that really just happen?
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. But but you know, the other problem too is I mean, with our parents, because um, my parents are, are in the, the same they were in the same boat and you know, different time, different era, you know, different way of thinking. Um, and you know granted, we're trying to to get everybody past that and into a, a, a better way of thinking and, and a more I don't know if enlightened is the right word but certainly a, a more sensitive way of thinking. Um, and and y- you know you do find yourself having that awkward now that awkward moment is sometimes followed up with that comment and even they're looking at you like, wait a minute, you know you never said this before it's
1: right you know, and it's true and I think you, you might be right it might just be a matter of, having overlooked it before. And now that I've been talking about this and thinking about this so much more, um, I was going to say, maybe it brings out more courage to correct or to at least call it out. But it's also now just part of something that I do because now I find myself, I say that kind of stuff at work. Um, Like I hear things that I maybe didn't hear before. And that's when I talk about it, when I my growth around that. And it feels good. It actually feels good. I don't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't change a lot of things about me and how I might still be contributing to the problem that I don't know in ways I don't know that I'm doing it. But I'm also receptive to the feedback where, you know, years ago I would have thought, you know, I, I consider myself a really like an open-minded person. You know, I had a really diverse upbringing, a really diverse career path in the places and spaces that I've lived and work. Um, big metropolitan areas, the DC market, the New York City market, South Florida. Um, and now I'm in Pittsburgh, which is getting more diverse, but certainly not like any of the others. But um, we've also, as a company, our, our, EVP of stores has recently started hosting, um, these inclusivity sessions with our field and parts of the organization that support the field. And, uh, five years ago, I would have said, you know, that's so touchy feely. I'd been really skeptical about it. Um, they've been nothing, nothing short of remarkable. Um, and there's probably been a, almost a dozen of them and they're fo- They've been followed up with some in-person dialogue circles, socially distanced mask wearing. Uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really proud to say that Dick Sporting Goods is, is Really dug in here and leading the way that we're serious about this space, Uh, but it's not just race, right? We're we're talking about LGBTQ issues, we're talking about women's issues, um, mental diversity, physical disabilities. Um, It's it's you know race has been to the forefront because 2020 kind of brought it to us, but it's been such a big deal and it's been so I'm not going to say well received, but it's been received. You can't have help but receive it in some way. Um, that if you've used that time and energy productively, um, it's really helped us uh, to, to, again, grow. You mentioned it, showing vulnerability. Um, people are sharing personal experiences that they've had that you're like, and these are people that you know, respect, like you work with, and you're like, oh my gosh, like that happened to you? Or you saw that? Or, you know, it, you're like, things that you don't talk about at work are being talked about at work. And it can get really, really uncomfortable, but it's also like, creative conversations that have opened a lot of eyes.
0: Well, it's, and it's, a uh, it, it's kind of, a um, uh, take the George Floyd thing, for example, you know, um, uh, or any of those types of incidents that have happened. Um, and, you know, we see them on the news and you think, Oh my gosh, that's awful. But we, we're not really taking the time to reflect on how it's impacting the people that are around us that are, that are in our closer circle, right. That we didn't, um, you just don't even necessarily think that there is an impact there. And to ask, you know, um, how they feel about it, or are they okay? Or, you know, um, I, I know you've had some experience with that too, right?
1: Yeah, it's sad, actually. Um, you know, I think about it. With some, through some of these dialogue circles, I've heard people say things like, uh, you know, and they're, they're Black teammates, and, uh, and, and how this is affected, how George Floyd's death affected them. And, uh, and I've come to learn that George Floyd is just a, a, a piece of a bigger issue that's affected people. This was just kind of the, like, this is it, like, this is just too much. This is the, this is the straw that broke the camel's back for all intents and purposes. And people talked about like, just being um, like withdrawn and upset and just devastated by George Floyd's death. And I, I, I couldn't connect, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't connect. Um, as a 50 year old white guy, I th- was thinking, you know, if if some random person I didn't know who happened to be white was killed by a police officer in Minneapolis, I would think, man, that's horrible. That's injustice. I hope the cop pays for it. Like, that's not okay. Like, police are right. not okay. And that's a shame for that family. And I'm, you know, my prayers go out to them. But that's the end of it. Like, it, that was it. Yep. That's not, that's not how my black teammates felt about George Floyd. Um, They, they were, they were, it was more personal and it was more important. And I didn't know that I should have cared for them for that because I didn't associate myself that way. Um, Which is just, you know, just, just not being aware, just not knowing, not being sensitive. Um, I didn't call anybody on my team of color and say, Hey, are you okay? Are you dealing with this all right? Um, and I, cause I didn't know that that's something I should do. I didn't know that this was, I just didn't know. Um, when I heard about some of my, uh, my peers in the company who had been sensitive enough to reach out, boy, did I feel like a heel. Um, it, but that's part of this experience, right? And, and the good thing is, is if you kind of own it, you kind of talk about it and say, I just didn't know, there's a tremendous amount of forgiveness there. It's like, Okay. It's not that you're being insensitive. It's that you didn't know. Now it is insensitivity in my frame because I just didn't, you know, I didn't pay attention, but, uh, yeah, that's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to come to those realizations about yourself. It breaks your soul. It really does.
0: Yeah. yeah. you um, you're, you're, parting words of advice for folks that are listening as far as how they can, you know, um, if, if we're struggling with the The opportunity to open our eyes a little bit. What What kind of steps, you know, should we take? What, what based on what you've learned so far, what, what is it that we that you think we should be doing as as individuals, as teams, and even as society?
1: So I think listening is the is the key. Um, listening to others, but then also listening to yourself. Um, when you start to discount things, you know, when I talked about. Uh, discounting is racism is big a deal, um, I discounted it. I didn't, I listened to myself say, you know what? We'll talk about this another time, right? We'll, we'll, we'll push that. Cause it does, it's not right in front of me. I don't see it all the time. So listening to, to yourself, unfortunately I really, I'm afraid um, that many people are conflating a lot of racial injustice issues and in politics. And I think we can thank the politicians and the media for doing that for us. It's been extremely divisive. Uh, It's been, I think it's been designed to do that. That personally, that's how I feel. Um, And unfortunately it diminishes the importance of the topic when there's so many people who are willing to listen and learn, Uh, this isn't about politics, this is about people. Exactly. And if we're gonna be successful, um, everybody has to have different opinions and perspectives. And we all have to value those. We all have to just listen and hear them and not discount them while they're talking and think, yeah, that's not how I feel. It's stopping yourself and letting that information come in and, and maybe having a critical conversation that could get uncomfortable. Why do you feel that way? Well, here's how I feel. And I probably shouldn't say this, but, and go ahead and say it and, and have the dialogue so that there can be more understanding. Um, you know, if, if everybody just gets in line, we're never going to learn from each other. You know, this is about being human. It's about being friendly. It's about being welcoming, understanding, empathetic, um, and just understand sharing experiences with people and just learn more. Um, I've done a lot of that through again, reading and watching YouTube videos and talking to people, but, um, you got to listen to yourself and understand when you're, when you're blocking.
0: Well, I think you just said it really well too. Um, we need to get comfortable being uncomfortable.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And this is and
1: all about that. You talk about things that you're not allowed to talk about at work. People right. Want to talk about these things. They do. Yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we're actually um, with uh, through the magazine. We are. Um, Currently doing, you know, we talked about the women in LP survey, but we're actually currently doing a um, diversity and inclusion—maybe uh, I'll change it for you—to inclusion and diversity um, uh, survey um, that we're that we're putting out. So depending on when people are listening to this, the survey is either uh, just come out or the results are just being published or what have you. But um, we are making this a um, an effort across the industry um, to to kind of tap into that and maybe help have some of those conversations. Um, you know, even if the results can spur some conversations, you know, maybe that's a, maybe that in and of itself is also a step in the right direction. So, um, every little bit, right. So awesome. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for that, Dave. And that's, uh, that's a tougher topic to uh, step into. So I appreciate you. Um,
1: it's uncomfortable. So let's get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and you, you were uncomfortable getting there and we got there. So, um, all right, let's talk about, uh, giving back. Let's talk about some charity stuff here. So, um, uh, we talked about your favorite charity. Tell me a little bit about, uh, sports matter.
1: So shameless plug. Uh, and I know, look, it might seem a little self-serving because it is, uh, it's related to the Dick Sporting Goods Foundation, but, um, I've come to, I've come to believe, uh, that, and it's legitimate, right. That, that partici- participation in sports really, it makes, makes people better. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, an individual sport where you're challenging yourself, um mentally and physically um you're playing on a team um for young kids especially it helps so many ways um it it's uh, it's healthy uh it helps create discipline which also supports better academics uh it helps people with their self esteem unless you're like me and you got picked last
0: <laughs> but
1: nonetheless um sport sports do make people better and uh the Dick Sporting Goods Foundation through the Sports Matter program um is uh, is helping to fund sports uh, for generally underserved communities uh, who aren't as likely to have the kind of funding either through their school districts or communities Um, and uh, the company's committed tens of millions of dollars uh, to support this and um, and it's kind of a money where their mouth is I mean we we spend a tremendous amount as a company um, but it's also our opportunity to give back to our communities and, and help kids be engaged in sports who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity it's really it's a great program and to see the fruits of it come to life uh on ball fields all over america is pretty cool
0: that's awesome that's great well um on behalf of uh lpm and on behalf of prime communications we're donating five hundred dollars
1: i'll match your 500 oh there we go right right now there's a thousand
0: so anybody else listening um Look, you can, you can give small, right? So uh, tech sports, S-P-O-R-T-S to 20222 and just make a $10 donation and even that will go a long way.
1: It really will. Yeah. Thanks, absolutely. Kevin. I love that.
0: Absolutely. All right. Last one here. We've got, before we go, two quick things. So you get to pick two quick things before we go. Um, I think one of them was uh, something you can't live without.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um... I can't live without my phone.
0: <laughs> and you can admit it. You know, the, the first the first part of the problem, David, is admitting you have the problem.
1: <laughs> I I thought about this and I, I thought, is it the TV remote control? Is it the internet? Is it, yeah, you know, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, like probably a lot of people watching or listening, um, you leave the phone at home and part of you is missing. It's disgusting. It's terrible. I feel I'm shamed for it, but... It's true. Um, it's just, it's, I'm so connected to that thing, like so many Americans or people in the world are. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's probably the one thing that would cause me the greatest level of anxiety if I didn't have. But that's wife-
0: not just, you know, in fairness, though, because I, I will admit, uh, I, I share a seat next to you in this, circ- in this little uh, phone addiction circle, right? But it's not because you got games to play and you got whatever it's because it's got that connection out, not only to your work life, but to your personal life. Yeah. Like um, I, my mom doesn't um, she doesn't get out of the house. She's got a respiratory issue. She has hard times speaking sometimes. So we live through text. We communicate through text, um, And that's my lifeline to her, you know, that, and, and, and it to, to home and to my sister and family, especially right now during COVID and stuff. I don't think I've ever texted so much. You know now but if I didn't have the phone to be connected to them and the other problem is is, (laughs) I don't know their phone numbers
1: I had an issue just yesterday I knew one extension and my wife's phone number and I needed to get in touch with people and my contacts were dumped and I was like I'm blind
0: yeah my my fiance's number is a button it's not I don't know I know the first three digits I don't think I've ever needed the other six you know so all right well that's a fair one all right so then um one or two things about you maybe that people don't know i know there's a lot about people that people don't know about you but and then some of them are pretty good because i know a couple of them that most people don't know but what would um, be your favorite two so
1: uh i dabbled in the local competitive eating circuit um and wow. i'm a, a a two-time two-time pine park pie eating champion
0: <laughs> i i can't even imagine that although you know it, it's usually i mean you're like a smaller frame guy right especially compared to me but you see those guys and you're like where are they putting it where are yes. you putting it when you're eating so, those pies
1: so for me it was about the my, my contests were speed oriented they weren't volume okay i've right. uh, i've never competed for volume but i have eaten some pretty big challenges five pound burritos things like that oh yeah it's oh. I don't do, I don't do a lot of that anymore, but, uh, but I have, um, yeah, nothing for money, you know, gift card at the, you know, dress barn. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways. Um, and, uh, another thing about me that most people probably don't know is I spent four years as a radio DJ in college uh, playing punk rock and reggae music.
0: Oh, see now radio DJ, I could hear, but, um, reggae music and punk rock I would I I wouldn't have thought that one at all
1: yep I grew up on reggae and punk music uh largely I was uh I was ingrained in the uh the skateboarder culture I was a semi-professional skateboarder just before college
0: there we go yeah and that's probably a third thing that somebody didn't know most people didn't know about you that's funny my my radio dj name was special k I was special k the morning dj so I was
1: I was big daddy O. (laughs) yeah
0: big daddy dave
1: (laughs) big daddy O's cool radio show that's awesome. <laughs> All
0: right, well, I very much appreciate you being with us today. Um, I want to thank again, uh, Prime Communication and Prime Secured for their sponsorship of the podcast, for their sponsorship um, towards the charitable donation today. Um, very excited that uh, within the past uh, 20 minutes, we already made $1,000 for your charity. That's awesome. Uh, hosting <laughs> charity as our charity of the week. Um, also on the new LP Portal uh, mobile app, so that, that'll have a nice feature front page, um, charity piece as well. So David, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your two cents. Um, and, uh, we thank everybody for, for listening and, uh, David, we'll, we'll talk to you. We we'll, we hope to see you again, in yeah, really. soon, but, uh, if not, we'll at least talk to you soon. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Cheers. Care, everyone. You. You're listening to the LPM podcast.